0: Richard Baxter once wrote, prayer is the breath of the new creation. Prayer is the breath of the new creation. Oswald Chambers very similarly said, prayer is the vital breath of the Christian, not the thing that makes him alive, but the evidence that he is alive. St. John Chrysostom said, prayer is an undisturbed refuge. Henry Nouwen said, to pray means to simply say without holding back, I am human and you are God. F.B. Meyer says, prayer is exchange. We leave our burdens, worries, and sin in the hands of God. We come away with the oil of joy and the garment of praise. And lastly, Ian Bounds once wrote, prayer in one phase of its operation is a disinfectant, a preventative. It purifies the air, it destroys the contagion. Of evil. In Luke chapter 11, we see an incredible story here. It happened that while Jesus was praying, while Jesus was praying in a certain place, that after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. He goes on to speak more of importunity, but I want to talk a little bit about what he is doing when he's revealing to them what prayer is. First, in the first verse, we see that they knew he was praying. Two, he prayed in a certain place. And three, he finished praying. And this enticed them when they see this. And it could be that seeing this in his life is the enticement for having it in their own lives. It's almost as if getting alone with God will call others, draw others to get alone with God. But you see three things here, a time and a place of prayer. Maybe it's a time and a place in prayer in your life. That is not only that wonderful exchange with God, but also that which draws others to God. Notice that the disciples say, Teach us to pray. They never said, Teach us to preach, teach us to cast out demons, teach us to prophesy, teach us to heal, teach us to teach. They said, Teach us to pray. In other words, we know all about you, we live with you, and we recognize that this is most important to you teach us that Lord. And verse two, we see when you pray, Jesus is saying, not if, when you pray, Jesus is assuming that this will be, should be part of our lives. Remember Samuel says, uh, I don't want to sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Ceasing to pray. Prayerlessness is sin. Jesus is saying when you pray this should be a part of every Christian life. But it's a time that he's referring to here. It's not that consistent heart exchange with God, which is the constant state of prayer, where scriptures tell us to pray without ceasing or in everything by prayer. And Charles Spurgeon says, uh, prayer is to feel one's body made the temple of the Holy Spirit. That is, breathing prayer, constant fellowship with God should be our abiding reality and our con- consistent perpetual reception of God and the experience of his presence. That's, that's Christianity. But this that we're talking about here is a time and a place of prayer, a specific blocked out time for prayer. And when Jesus says, when you pray, he then says, say, showing there's a separation between prayer and speaking. Speaking is only one kind of of prayer. The old Christians, the old uh, church fathers and things would talk about the prayer of the heart. It's that heart exchange with Jesus. But the first thing Jesus says, Jesus's first lesson in prayer is this, Father. <laughs> Jesus' first lesson in our approach to God is Father. In one sense, we could say prayer is the acknowledgement and the recognition of the father. When we say father, it means three specific things. It means one, that I am born of you. Two, I am yours. Three, I trust you. Prayer simply cannot exist until these things are recognized and believed. That's what it means to say, father, I've been born of you, Lord. I belong to you, God, and I trust in you. That is the foundation of prayer. But also, what kind of acknowledgement of God is it? Well, he says, hallowed be thy name. The the word hallowed means holy or separate. And thy name is specifically his goodness, his character, his nature, his glory. What kind of acknowledgement of the Father is it? It is that he, in his character, in his nature, in his goodness, are high above all others. Hallowed be thy name. This is adoration at its finest. Reminds me of John chapter four, where the scripture says that the Father seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Prayer is first of all worship. Praise you. That's the key worship. And then we're taught to pray, his kingdom come. The kingdom is, as it's been said many times, the king's domain, but the king is the man, Christ Jesus and where he rules. It's submission to his rule. That he is kind. and He's king. And, and we, we reject the rulership of this world. To invite the rulership of Christ, thy kingdom come, is inevitably a rejection of the kingdom of this world. The scripture tells us that the whole world lies under the power of the wicked one. And Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, then my, 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 my servants would fight for me. It's the world to come. It's the King Christ above all things, above this world. And the next thing he tells us to do is to pray, give us, give us. That's really interesting. It's a recognition of his sufficiency and our insufficiency, his all sufficiency and our insufficiency. Give us this day. It's, it's to realize we don't have and that he does. That's what I mean by all sufficient and insufficient. But it says each day, which shows us that we're always going to need him. Prayer is a recognition of my continuous need, our continuous need of God. This is not going to end in this life. We're going to need God day in, day out, moment by moment. Next thing he says is Our daily bread. We're going to need him for nourishment. He's got to feed us from his own hand. Oh, great shepherd who feedeth thy flock with thyself. As Madame Guyon uh, said, this nourishment is that nourishment which comes down from heaven. And then he goes on and he says, Forgive us our sins. It's also a recognition that we're going to constantly need forgiveness, that there is no sinless perfection in this life. Sin is not going to end in this life. We're going to always need to come to the Lord and say, Oh Lord, just wash me. Keep me Lord. Keep me Lord. While I'm in this, this body, this crippled body. Then he goes on, he says, We also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. We forgive everybody. Oh, nothing against anybody. I refuse to do it. That's what we see here in the scriptures. We release everyone of their debts. Prayer, in one sense, is letting go of people that owe. Prayer, in one sense, is literally letting people go to the Lord in trust. And prayer and unforgiveness, we are taught here are mutually exclusive. They cancel out each other. Unforgiveness cannot pray because prayer is in essence, the forgiveness of everyone in light of the forgiveness God has given to us. And then the next thing he says is pray that we'd be led, lead us not into temptation. Uh, This, this shows us that prayer is looking for his leading. Lord, I, I don't know how to lead. I need you, Lord. I need you Looking for his leading too. Temptation can be avoided by following his lead. Lead us not into temptation. How often have we walked right into temptation because we we did not follow or look for his leading? Most temptations are found off the pathway. (laughs) Maybe temptations are seen the moment our eyes leave our guide. All this to say, prayer. Yes, it's where we give God our hearts. Prayer in Jesus's teaching seems to explain a heart posture rather than a practice. Though there is time and place of prayer, Jesus seems to show us the heart that should be there. Father, thank you for prayer. We love the fact that Christ has opened for us perfect access to God. And it is our lifeline and it is the sign that we're alive. It is everything to us. Our communion with you is the reason why you even died. Oh God, thank you. Even in 1 Corinthians 1, 9, that God is faithful who called us into fellowship with his son. Lord, I thank you for fellowship with you. I pray that every viewer would be drawn into prayer, that they go back even to listen to this again and see what prayer looks like in the eyes of Jesus in your precious name. Amen. God bless you guys. Don't forget on Tuesday nights, I meet with my partners. If you want to become a partner, I'll put a link down below. I encourage you to sign up. God bless you guys.